to the Practical Family Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Bryant. And I'm your co-host, Jordan Marzon. And we're here with the next episode in the Strong Enough series here on the Practical Family Podcast. This episode series is specifically for you, mamas, because we are here to tell you that you are already enough. Yes, you are strong enough to handle the craziness that life throws at you. And Practical Family is here specifically to strengthen moms for real-life struggles. This is a podcast to help you discover your gifts and embrace grace. You know, moms, there are so many things that convince us that we're not enough and that trying harder is the only solution. And unmet expectations frustrate us. Comparison steals our joy. Hoping others will change isn't realistic. More usually isn't better. And so we're saying, enough already. Mama, you are already enough. Let us help you explore some super practical ways to tap into your strengths and give the best of yourself to your family. Well, Jordan, we are on to yet another Strong Enough episode, and today we're talking about the uh, big bad C word, comparison. Especially when you're caught in comparison. And uh, we'll explain a little bit more about what this means as we go. But first, I want to bring out some surprising things that I learned about you lately, Jordan. You you learned sur- That's hard to believe because I tend to lay it all out on the table in the first few minutes. So I would be surprised if you found something I didn't reveal. Uh, I did find something interesting about you, though. Guys, Jen has a belly button ring. And I was like, what? And immediately I'm like, I'm not rogue enough to pull that off. Like, I don't know. I haven't been able to pull off that much angst for a while now. I think that's kind of a side effect of growing up in a conservative home is really wanting to have this rebellious streak that you can't quite muster up. Okay, so I tried. I did. There was one point where I tried to, if, um, some of you might remember the, the trend of putting feathers in your hair, and so I thought I was going to look like so roguish, so like uh, on trend, like, ooh, she did something crazy with her hair, right? And so I went to the salon, paid like 30 bucks for a teeny tiny feather to have them clip it in my hair, and instead it just stuck up right out of the front of my bangs and it just sat like straight up and my mom laughed so hard because I think I look like a quail or something like that because I could only afford one feather so it just looked I just oh my goodness it was so bad and so my my attempt at like a, a rebellious fashion trend did not work when did you get your belly button piercing? Was that like last week? Did I, Ooh, did I miss something? Yeah, no. Probably the week or two after I turned 21. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So I had just returned from my first solo trip to Hawaii, which is also <laughs> the trip where I met who is now my husband. And I felt this new surge of adulthood, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like... I owed it to myself to put a hole in my body. <laughs> That's a totally logical thought. And I'm like, well, it's not like in my nose. It's not like another obvious one in my ear, although I could have done that. It would be perfectly acceptable yeah. in my mother's eyes, at least. But no. <laughs> oh, boy. But I came home with this piercing, and my mom was like, what in the world? And I was like, I'm 21. I don't care. <laughs> I can do whatever I want, and you can't tell me not to. <laughs> what, what was her reaction? Oh, I don't remember. It was a mixture of 
disappointment, a little eye roll, and then a little bit, well, you're 21 now. You're on your own. Good luck with all the rest of those decisions you'll be making. On your <laughs> that own. was your first adult decision. She's like, oh, things are not going to go well for this girl. This yeah, girl. but, you know, as your kids get older, you know, and you give them more freedom, it's better to just let go of that control and let them fall flat on their face. So, I mean. <laughs> just like your mom did. You fell right into that belly button ring. <laughs> did you also know that I used to do CrossFit? You just surprised me with this like last week. Yeah. Not in a not in a judgy way. You're just you're so mellow, which is what I love I, about you. I believe you. your reaction was like, "Wow, that doesn't seem like something you would do at all." Yeah, it was not. <laughs> it's super high intensity. It's not like walking on a treadmill for half an hour or two. It's intense, and so Jen doesn't usually come across as intense. So I guess yeah. the two vibes didn't make sense in my head. It. I'm not an intense person. That's probably why I left too, because I didn't like love all that loud music <laughs> first thing in the morning. But I did love how ripped I got. I didn't know you then, but that's, yeah. that's okay. And I was surprised that you did CrossFit. That was the thing that surprised me the most. Why did that surprise you? I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm not shredded know. either, guys. In case you're not picking up on that, neither of us are shredded. <laughs> Please don't go look at our photos and zoom in too closely. Yeah, don't zoom in. One day I'll bear more of this mom body, but for now you've you've got to be okay with us just being behind the camera and the <laughs> microphone for now. It's neat to kind of get to know your friends better and see what they have ventured into in and out mm. of through their lives. But I think just judging someone by, you know, of course you don't judge a book by its cover, but when we're in different seasons of life like that, like when I was doing CrossFit, it was like I could never be as ripped as the next girl who was there. Mm. It, even if she was, um, especially if she was a mom, right? Especially if like we had similar life stories, but she was up here doing all kinds of crazy handstands and arm bars and stuff, and I could barely do a, a pull-up after a year and a half. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing wrong, right? What, yeah. Why am I not getting this? I need to be in here five days a week, I guess, but do I want my whole life to be dedicated to that? Yeah. And it was clearly, you know, her lifestyle versus my lifestyle. And I had to tell myself, I can't feel bad for not being the kind of woman she is, you know? Yeah. And we looked at this a lot in the last episode we did on personalities. Mm-hmm. There were nine different ones, nine different women. If you hadn't haven't listened to the personality episode yet in Strong Enough, go back and listen to that because you will get a really good taste of what women in general bring to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have different motivations, values, and all that. But we can get stuck in comparing ourselves to each other when it's like apples and oranges sometimes. We're not even comparing the same story, the same motivations, the same life situations, and expecting to come out looking the same. Yeah. 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 So comparisons don't work in the gym, and they don't work in the rest of life either (laughs) with anything, with personality, with nothing else. So what are we going to talk about today with this comparison thing? Well, it was because we published the personality episode that I wanted to go in this direction Mm. with the comparison thing because it almost seems like obvious, like stop comparing yourself, comparison's the thief of joy. What other cliches do we hear about comparison a lot? The grass is greener on the the other other side. side. I know. I'm trying to think like you said, you just said them. Comparison is the thief of joy and it's not fair to compare. Lots Lots of cliches about how you just should just throw comparison out the window, right? And it's really something easier said than done. It really is because we find ourselves in different modes of comparison and depending on what kind of mood we're in or or depending on what has just gone down in our lives, Mm. you know, or what stressor has just, you know, reared its ugly head and we, we feel like, okay, 
did that happen because I wasn't doing something enough? Did that happen because I need to do more? Like, where did that come from? Yeah. And it was because we published the personality episode that I started to realize that there really is a spectrum of women who react to feeling insecure differently. Yes. Okay. There's a spectrum between, like, this idea of, of weakness, like someone who's really passive, which looks a lot like, you know, some of the numbers on the Enneagram that we talked about last episode. Yep. But that but that doesn't mean weakness. There's just, mm-hmm. there's are people that are just have like a naturally more mellow temperament. Yeah. Truly. And there are people on the other side of the spectrum who have a naturally louder or more animated, yeah. you know, yeah. temperament. And I know you've talked about Jordan finding yourself on one end of that spectrum and it being kind of <laughs> difficult to oh navigate there. The, the higher end of the spectrum where um, I've spent most of my life at the upper end of a lot of spectrums mm. just with intensity, volume, pitch, energy, everything. Just mm-hmm. My whole personality is a lot. But that's okay because I'm learning. <laughs> I'm growing through it and thankfully I had a mom who was able to catch that and teach me gently when when I was going off the deep end and I was becoming too much for most social situations so so you're not as loud as me right Mm -hmm. not just volume wise yeah yeah I was always kind of the shy girl I was that nerdy you know book girl that was much more interested in like hanging out with herself and her imaginary friends (laughs) than socializing like I never really had a need to do it although now I I have more of a love for people and I love to talk through feelings and I've kind of grown into this counselor type of personality but naturally I think when I feel most at peace it's in a quiet dark room I think I talked last time about living like a bat you know yeah yeah I like that and it seems to some people that you know why don't you get out more I think is what I feel judge being judged about Mm -hmm. is that you know you need to be out in nature more and yes nature is good for all of us but at my (laughs) at my best I'm best when I have the time to relax and re-energize but again we talked about in the personality episode that I'm a two I had to learn to put on a loud voice when I became a classroom teacher I truly had to fake it until I made it but when we feel insecure and when we're comparing ourselves to other people, we often feel the need to take control back in unhealthy ways. Oh, you know? me? Me? Never. Yeah. So when I became a teacher in a classroom, I definitely had to fake it till I made it. But when I was younger, I never really thought that people got me because I was too much for them. Like, I was more interested in learning show tunes. And I loved history and I loved art how art reflected history like in musicals Mm -hmm. and things like that but the area where I grew up people really weren't into the arts like like how I cared about them yeah but I found myself falling in love with certain types of things that not a whole lot of people seem to care about yeah and so that made me feel kind of alone and isolated I mean I tried to join the drama club but I was already playing softball because that's what dad wanted me to do and I wanted to be with the theater kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so what I ended up doing, people, is I played piano for intermission. The theater director let me do that. I didn't she, know that. Right? There you go. I just learned something new. Because <laughs> I could play piano, but I love music, and music fills my soul. But I, I did it for the, the plays because that's all I could do because that's all my schedule would allow me to do. But I so wanted to be a part of it. And you know what? 
they allowed me to letter in theater because of all the time I put oh wow into it yeah. okay that's so, nice that's good so you were kind of like had one foot in the theater pool right? I did I did but I wasn't confident enough to be that lead on stage or to really trust myself with that type of role you okay. know yeah because I looked at those people and I was like gosh you're so artistic you're so just you're not afraid of anything you mm-hmm. can just turn into any character and I looked at people like you people who can do that naturally and I was so at first envious of them because I couldn't conjure up that much energy yeah but I loved to be part of it Mm -hmm. still and that was the kind of the happy medium that I found at that point I stopped comparing myself to the people on stage and I said well how can I just continue to be a part of this in a really proactive productive way yeah Um, I actually came across a another Facebook group that I'm involved in where the writer asked her audience this question. She said, what makes you feel like too much or not enough? And I was like, ooh, good question. Let me see these <laughs> comments. And I wasn't surprised by some of the comments because it's what a lot of what we're talking about in our own Facebook group. Mm-hmm. But this stuck out to me. One woman said, it makes me feel like I have to be careful not to reveal everything for fear of what they think or how they will respond. Sometimes I feel like I don't have enough people around me to challenge me or to spur me on. And I super resonated with that. (laughs) It's been really hard to find people who care about what I care about. And then when you find those people, you cling on to them so hard and you, you hope that they never leave because they're like you. you yeah. Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I resonate with that as well. I've heard you say this before, that you're such a doer, that a lot of people tend to walk up to us and go, wow, you just do so much or you are so much, like almost with how do you do it with awe in their eyes. And you're just kind of like, I don't, I don't know. That's just, it's just me. Mm-hmm. But what kind of happens is it leaves you stagnant because mm-hmm. people pat you on the back and they're like, wow, I couldn't do that. And then they just walk away and you're like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> but you've just kind of done what you could do and you don't really have people in your life who understand how much effort you put in or what you're interested in or who are able to challenge you higher. No matter who you are, having people to challenge you higher is super important, but especially for people who tend to already be a lot. People feel like, well, what else do they need? And so they don't jump in and help. Right. When in reality, I need just as much help as the next person. But for me, it's actually been tapering down, not building up. And I think that's what confuses people and it's made me feel kind of unguided and alone a lot of times oh my gosh that's it right there unguided and alone when you just feel like you're constantly too much or what I like to call extra it's like you're going far and beyond what people expected yeah which is like a good thing or a bad thing (laughs) yeah Yeah. and then they just kind of leave you alone because they're like wow that was a lot that's kind of all they can wrap their head around, and mm-hmm. they just kind of give you a thumbs up and walk away. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And remember, listeners, <laughs> particular personalities will feel like too much for other types of personalities. And this oh, yeah. is the reason why we did the personality episode first, because you have to understand where different people are starting from. It's not wrong. It's just different. Who you mm-hmm. are is not wrong. It's different. But I want to bring up 
four points <laughs> as we end this episode, um, or before we end, I want to bring up four points about how to recognize when you're living in insecurity. Because that's basically what comparison is, mm-hmm. right? It's a lot of insecurity um, when it's looked at in that, when we take it as that negative context, because the word itself can be used neutrally, right? Comparison, when it's healthy, tells us where our boundaries are and who we're not and who who they are. When it's unhealthy, it's insecurity. And so how you start recognizing those unhealthy trends is like this, right? What's that first point? So number one, when you're living in insecurity, you feel the need to explain everything. It's hard because, and I've listened to myself even go in this direction, but when you hear someone else doing it, you're like, oh, like all I want to do is like hug them and go, shh, it's okay. okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and, and I respect your decision to not eat fish anymore. Like yeah, I don't like, need your <laughs> your thesis on this. Like you can just yeah. lay it and leave it. But True. So that's it, ladies. When you feel yourself needing to explain every single action that you're taking, you're probably living in insecurity. When you have this super strong need to be understood, to not offend someone or to save your reputation, mm-hmm. you're being defensive for a reason. So I say, what I tell women to do is this. If someone asks you a question, mm-hmm. Give them an answer yeah. if you feel like it's appropriate, but keep it short. It's okay to keep it short because if you fall into this insecure, defensive, over-explanation... Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. <laughs> it just... People just kind of stop listening to you after a while mm-hmm. because a lot of times people just want a simple answer to their question. Short answers because seriously, if they want to know more, they will ask. Yeah. So you can be sure that you're living in insecurity if you feel the need to overexplain absolutely everything. Number two, you might be living in insecurity if you are never satisfied with yourself. Who are you really? Not what your friends like, not what others think you should be, but who are you? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you, Jen? Well, okay, so I had this story about... <laughs> um, I was afraid earlier this year to put together like a speaking kit. And by that, I mean like if I'm going to go out and speak to mops groups or to any woman's group about anything, I need to put together kind of a one sheet that tells them who I am, what I'm here to talk about, why you want me to come out and speak to your group. But I was afraid to do that because I didn't know what I had to offer people. Okay. So until I asked some of the closest people to me, Mm -hmm. what do you think I had to offer? And it's... It's hard to ask that question because you want them to be honest with you, but you kind of don't want to hear it because if it's critical, you don't know what to do with it. But I asked my sister, I go, okay, sister, I trust you. If you could recommend me to anyone, what would you recommend me for? It's like asking, what value do you see in me? And it's not pandering. It's trying to find out what strengths do you see in me? But in this scenario, you had to put together this sheet all about yourself and all about why you're amazing to send out to people, right? Yeah. And that felt pretty weird, yeah? It felt weird, but it brought so much clarity because then I could pinpoint the areas of my strengths. She said things like, Jen is able to make complex things simple. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. That's my goal. That's what I try to do. (laughs) But when I'm insecure, I Mm -hmm. use my words. Like my words just get away from me. So what we really need is 
to have that close-knit community to remind us of what our strengths are. Affirmation and seeking approval are two totally different things. So you can recognize when you're living in insecurity by number one, the need to explain everything. Number two, feeling like you're never satisfied with yourself, Mm -hmm. which is why you need people in your life. Tell Mm -hmm. you you're awesome. And number three, how to recognize when you're living in insecurity. When you realize what others think of you matters more than anything. This is such a trap because you cannot possibly be pleasing to everyone. Are you sure? Can you repeat what I just said back to me so that Uh, I can hear it for myself? You cannot possibly please everyone. You cannot. Even those of you listening to the podcast right now, some of you may totally disagree with what we're saying. But if I focus so much on what my critics thought, I would never do anything positive for anyone else who needed to hear this. Yeah, you know? right. But you do. You feel like you start chameleoning, right? Mm-hmm. If you're really changing so much so often to try and make everybody happy. That seems like a kind of a waste, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And if you feel yourself living like a chameleon, wherever you go, you're always trying to keep up and you're always falling short of the expectations of others. Basically, mm-hmm. you take what others think as gospel. Yeah. Instead of really trusting God and knowing that he made you special. Yes. He loves you very much, as the veggie tales say. (laughs) But you have to ask yourself, why does it matter so much? Why do you feel the need to please them before your own self or your relationship with God? It It doesn't matter. And where I feel this fear comes from is the fear of being alone, Mm. the fear of making bad decisions. The fear of disappointing, and I have to ask, if you fear being alone, think about it. Were you ever abandoned in any way? Hmm. Because that could be closely connected to it. If you fear making bad decisions, were you ever told, or are you currently being told, that you can't make good decisions? Where is that coming from? And if you have this crippling fear of disappointing or failing, who is telling you Mm -hmm. that you're failing? Whose standard are you following? Because that's the whole basis of this Strong Enough series is I think you're looking to the wrong standard here if you don't think that you're strong enough to handle the things that are put in front of you. Failure is an event, not a person. You You are not a failure. It happens to you, but that is not who you are. God isn't offended by your fears, your questions, your mistakes, nor is he surprised. That's why he is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's the fourth point, Jen? So the fourth way that you can tell that you're living in insecurity is that you try harder. Oh, I never do that. <laughs> you so, never do and that. And so I'm talking about being extra, guys. I just, I layer more on top. I'm like extra, extra. When I'm comparing myself to others and not feeling good enough, feeling insecure, I just start layering more on. More words, more energy more caffeine it's just I must be missing something and so I'm gonna sign up for more and do more Mm. and uh yeah that's it has never worked for me I've actually lost control in that situation more than I've ever gained more control or clarity that's interesting yep that simplicity helps you to gain more control it does yeah this reminds me of even our Home on Purpose program with um, my friend Trisha Childers who teaches the course there Home on Purpose in our home care section Her whole thing is own less so that you can do more. 
this is true with our stuff. This is true with mm-hmm. our mental capacity. Yep. This is true with our emotional capacity. Yep. It does not work to keep piling on more. No. And again, I have to remind myself of this too because I am attracted to the next shiny project. <laughs> but sticking with one thing produces so much more in its simplicity. True fruit and true joy mm-hmm. rather than running around and changing what you're doing because you feel like you're not keeping up with other people. You're stuck in comparison mm-hmm. thinking everybody else is doing more so you keep dropping what you're doing and trying to do more rather than focusing where you're supposed to be focusing. Right, right. So let's recap. How to recognize when you're living in insecurity, these four points. Number one, you feel the need to explain everything. Number two, you're never satisfied with yourself. Number three, what others think of you matters more than anything. And number four, you just try too hard. Mm-hmm. Like stop trying harder. It's not going to work. What does work? Let's what? give some hope. What does work, <laughs> Jen? We're all worried about failure to some extent, right? Yeah. And some level of comparison is good because it helps you to recognize healthy and not healthy boundaries. It helps you to recognize healthy people and toxic people, you know? So recognizing patterns of behavior, which is a whole, there's a whole science dedicated to that. It's called sociology. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we're all on this path of personal growth that takes us beyond just what our natural instincts tell us to do and helps to blend us with our fellow man in a way that, or fellow women, or fellow children, rather, in a way that helps everyone else to grow too. You know, We want to be those positive catalysts for healthy communication, healthy growth, and a satisfaction in knowing that we were created for a special purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. I had this breakthrough about a year and a half ago where I began to realize that I was chasing too much of the comparison to other writers, other bloggers. Oh, this is how you do it. This is how you do a website. This is how you do snacks for your kids. This is how, you know, and I I started to go down the slippery slope and I, and I didn't feel better that I had Mm -hmm. more answers. I felt worse because I wasn't following through on all the shoulds yes you know and one day I sat down and I think I was tearful when I was typing this on my phone and I just simply said I used to apologize for everything for asking too many questions for not being skinny enough or witty enough or strong enough or pretty enough I poured my time and energy into activities that made me seem better on the outside so more people would welcome me into their clique or find me interesting or attractive. Hashtag CrossFit. <laughs> Wait, was it, was it the same time you were doing CrossFit? Probably, <gasps> actually. No, it was no. right after I left CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Security. Okay. I turned my head toward fashion, knowledge for knowledge's sake working out there it is (laughs) or working harder the striving left little scars that i still fight against today i was looking for my validation in people wow i was looking to other flawed humans to tell me i was worth something transformation came when i began to accept the person i already am i was made to be a unique force in this world to raise amazing kids and support and love my incredible husband. 
We were the ones made for each other, he and I, not me for other people. They have their calling, and I have mine. Should a few choose to walk alongside me, awesome. But I no longer live for them. I live to express and create and learn to shine the light of God through my strengths and remind others that they are just as unique and beautiful. Just be you and rest in the arms of the one who gave his life so that you can live abundantly. And then I referenced John 10, 10, and I had to look that up again for myself <laughs> because I was like, wait, what did, what scripture was speaking to me? And it was John 10, 10 that says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that was Jesus talking to the common people and his disciples. He's like, look, guys, there's an enemy in this world, and he wants you to feel like you are never good enough for anybody or anything. But Jesus came so that we would have life and have it abundantly. Not that we would feel good about ourselves necessarily. Mm -hmm. I I don't want that theology to come across that Jesus came to make us happy. He came to save us from a world that would only eventually destroy us and Mm -hmm. because he wanted to be reconnected with us he wanted us to experience that union and that agape love and we have only been separated from that because of our own sin because of our own humanity and Mm -hmm. this world is is horrible and it's not our home but Mm -hmm. he's put us here for this time so that we can know him and love him and reflect him to a lost and dying world yeah. And that is the most beautiful mission. And we only have a little bit of time to do it. So what are we doing with our time? Not getting caught in comparison, that's for sure. Yeah. We don't have time. You don't have time, Mama, to compare yourself to others and to get down on yourself. There is no time for that. There's only time for realizing the strengths that you have and using them in a powerful way today. And you totally can. We believe in you. Yes, we do. But we're not comparing ourselves to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mamas, that concludes our Cotton Comparison episode. If you want more on this Strong Enough series, please join our Facebook group. You can click the link in the show notes. Join us on the blog page on the podcast section of our website. And go right over to our group on Facebook. Um, You can listen to more of the episodes there on the Practical Family Podcast. If you have not subscribed already, please do so now and leave us a rating because those ratings tell other people that this podcast is worth listening to. It's a great thing to have a great community of moms and women who are there fighting for each other. And we'd love to sit and encourage you in your daily struggles. Once again, Practical Family is strengthening moms for real-life struggles. And we are a podcast to help you discover your gifts and embrace grace.